song that God, life can be terrible, life can be horrible sometimes, but he's lifted us, he's given us a purpose for life. And so this year, 2017, I know it's another year, I, think, I still think it's 2016 on um, tax invoice fill-outs and stuff, but we're a new year and Pastor Rob has been speaking on, we've had even Pastor Michael shared a great message on freedom from, what was it Michael? Critical spirit, that's it. That was a great message. I should have remembered the title. But, and, and so this year, this season of our church is a year of freedom. And so I just think it's an awesome time where we go, you know what, God, we believe that you've lifted us. We believe that you've given us freedom when life before we've ever had freedom before, yeah? So, um, uh, and for those that are, of us here that are new to church, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And basically, all I'm going to be talking about today really is what church is, why we do it, how we do it, and why we think it's a priority in our lives. So that's cool. So here's your Bible, lift it up, shake it around, and open it to Deuteronomy. Say Deuteronomy. 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 Now Deuteronomy is in the Old Testament, kind of around Numbers and Leviticus and Judges. So if you're around those books, keep flicking around and you'll finally find it. And so Judges chapter 19, oh Deuteronomy. Yes, thank you, Pastor Kylie, save the day. We'll be doing another message. Judge. Let's get it out of my God. We pray that's freedom from my mouth. Deut- Deuteronomy chapter 19, 1 to 13. Another cool thing for us as well to know is, as One Heart Church, we have Ellison today as well. And so our senior pastor, Pastor Rob's there. And so hopefully, uh, hopefully that is going to be a great service. So we'll keep them in our prayers as well. So but that's cool. So yep, we're, who's in there? Deuteronomy 19. Who's got that? So it says, cities of refuge. Now, every time we say, I say the word cities in this, can we all repeat cities? So we'll try that. Cities. 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 Yep, good. You got it. So we'll do that in this, right? Cool. When the Lord your God destroys the nations whose land he is giving you, he will, uh, you will take over their land and settle in their towns and homes. Then you must set apart three cities of refuge in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Survey this, uh, the territory and divide the land the Lord your God is giving you into three districts with one of these cities in each district. Then anyone who has killed someone can flee to the one of those cities of refuge for safety. If someone kills another person unintentionally without previous hostility, the slayer may, f- the slayer may flee to one of these cities to live in safety. For example... Suppose someone goes into the forest with their neighbor to cut wood. And suppose one of them swings an axe to chop down a tree and the axe head flies off the handle, killing the other person. That's pretty sucks. In such cases, the slayer may flee to one of these cities of refuge to live in safety. If the distance to the nearest city of refuge is too far, an an enraged Avenger might be able to chase down and kill the person who caused the death. Then the slayer would die unfairly, since he had never shown hostility towards the person who died. That is why I'm commanding you to set aside three cities of refuge. And if the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he swore to your ancestors you, uh, and give you all the land he promised them, you must designate three additional cities of refuge. He will give you this land if you are careful to obey all the commandments I have given you. If you always love the Lord, your God, and walk in his ways. That's why you will, uh, you will prevent the death of innocent people in the land the Lord your God is giving you as your special possession. You will not be held responsible for the death of innocent people. But suppose someone is 
hostile toward a neighbor and deliberately ambushes and murders him and then flees to one of these cities. That's these cities. We get, we're getting a bit slack. Uh, there's a lot of cities in there. In this case, the elders of the, uh, the murderer's hometown must send agents to the city of refuge to bring him back and hand him over to, over to the dead person's avenger to be put to death. Do not feel sorry for that murderer. Purge from Israel the guilt of murdering innocent people, then all will go well with you. So glad I don't live in Israel in that time, because if I was to purposely kill someone, I know you probably deserve it, but just different society now. But um, I'm just going to praise that call. So if whatever you feel comfortable to connect to God, close your eyes, keep your face up, I don't know. However you can close, connect to God, I'm just going to pray right now. God, we just thank you for that bitter Bible there. God, we may, right now, may not know what that really means to us, how that applies. But God, I just pray that as I speak your word today, may you just move through my mouth, help people hear what you've got to say to them. And we just thank you that you're alive, you're, you're moving in our lives every day, and that we can uh, leave this place better because you've spoken to us. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. So I'm just going to read um, just verses one, uh, so just verse five there, and that's going to give us a bit of... Um, uh, a bit of context for where we're going. Just give me a second. All right. So verse 5, chapter 19, verse 5. For example, suppose someone goes into the forest with a neighbor to cut wood. Now, a neighbor in this is like a BFF. He's got a best friend forever, right? So uh, that's, this is the context. So you've got two BFFs going to the forest, two lumberjack friends going to a forest with their axe, yeah? Cool. Continue reading that verse 5. Uh, to cut wood. And suppose one of them swings an axe and chopped down a tree and the axe head flies off the handle, killing the the other person. In such cases, the slayer may flee to one of these cities of refuge for safety. So I'm not sure their technical, um, uh, what do you call it, technique for an axe. But I can just imagine chopping down trees here, there. If that came off and hit one of you, I could guarantee it would do damage. I could guarantee that it would not be... You could, you could probably die. But yeah, so we saw there um, these BFFs going down to the, the forest, chopping down trees. Then, oops, oh no, moment happened. An accidental death. And so putting that to our lives is... It's a bit of a funny illustration. But who's ever had an oops or an oh no moment where you go, I should not have done that. I should not have done that. I should not have said that. I really should not have said that. Or there's ones like, I should not have smelt that. I really should not have smelt that. Um, another one is, um, uh, I should not have touched that. I really should not have touched that. And so for me, in myself, like accidents happen all the time. Who can agree? Accidents happen, yeah. things that are, yeah, just happen. But being a, try being an apprentice. Accidents happen all the time. I should not have done that. I should not have done that. Pastor Mike was just going to get me a prop. And uh, we'll, we'll look into something. But who's, who's familiar with the saying, look with your eyes, not your hands? Look with your eyes, not your hands. As a child, that was a, and even with my sisters, that was a, a saying I heard quite a lot, whether it's your parents, your grandparents, teachers, because accidents happen. And they say that because they go, you know what? We don't want an oops moment right now. We don't, want an ac- we don't want an accident to happen and break something because we don't want that, yeah? We agree with that. So... Uh, I have the privilege to be the youth pastor here at One Heart Church. And so last year sometime, we have this thing, when the church has its 5 p.m. service, 
so we don't have like technical youth that week. We have our connect group, or we call it the gathering. And so this, this one time, it was a great night, had some fun, and it was packed down time. We had to clean up the floor and stuff. So we have this, uh, this vacuum here, and my man, Sean, was showing a great initiative. He gets out the vacuum cleaner, and so we go, and uh, doing all, doing all, all his vacuuming stuff. Really good, really good stuff. But uh, I'm just going to make sure I don't miss any parts of this story because it's good. So, uh, but the thing that Sean didn't realize, so everyone thinks this is just standard vacuum, yeah? Wrong. This head, now I don't know if you can see it, we don't have any cameras to like zoom in on it, but, um, oh yes, the title of the message is, what happened to the axe picture? It's not there. <laughs> you should have seen it, I had the best, the best graphic at home, but obviously that computer doesn't read it. I had the accidentals crossed out and I had an axe there for accidental, yes? Oh well, oh well. Oh, well. So don't spell it like that. It's spelled A-X-C for like Axe dash. Get rid of that A-C-C dental desk. But that's all right. Back to this vacuum. So we see here it's got this spinning thing here. Or I call it the hair collector. Like, but so its technical term is, if you're taking notes, air-driven turbo turbine tool brush head. Tongue twister. Air-driven turbo turbine tool brush head. Now, so, Sean was there away, serving away. I love Jesus. I'm doing this for God. When, when this thought comes, wouldn't it be funny if I vacuum Charlotte's hair? It's just a joke. So, and then there, there it happened. Oh, no. Oops, an accidental death. Where, now, Charlotte's still alive. She played the keyboard beautifully for us this morning. But, uh, so, Sean's like, and then... Hey presto, hair's jammed all through this, and Charlotte had a unique hair, what did you put, accessory, accessory, that it was a limited edition. And, uh, and as a youth leader at that moment, I was like, man, I am not happy with Sean. I love, I love the fact that he was, he was serving and all that, but I don't love the fact that Charlotte has that hair accessory. Now, I don't know if... Like, as I said, these things are hair collectors, and so you'll get to a point where they get so filled up with hair, they've stopped spinning. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had to pull one out before and do that without someone's head connected to it. It's not easy. The only one job gross is when you have to pull hairs out of the, the drain in the shower. We won't go there. But um, so then poor Charlotte had to have, have surgery to get this thing removed from her hair correctly. But we see there, going back to then our BFS in Judges 19.5, it... It's so easily we can be doing things like working hard. And so, like, for example, if I was to chop down trees, if I was to do a karate chop, I'm going nowhere too soon. Like, nah, give me the axe. I'll, I'll go for it. Vacuum the floor, you, like, it has a great purpose. An axe has a great purpose in the right context. But ju- just as an axe is great for chopping down trees, when it becomes loose and this thing goes flying, there's some serious consequences. A vacuum is great for cleaning the floor. When you use it out of context, what it was good for doing cleaning the floor can be quite disastrous in someone's hair. Oh, we want to put that down before I do anything. Before I have an oops moment. All right. And so, <laughs> and so, as I was saying, the relationship between our intentions and our actions, I could describe it like a magnet, the opposites. We can have great intentions. Sean had a great intention to have a joke, but the action was disastrous. And, uh, and, uh, and so uh, 
uh, old mate Lumberjack has great intentions, but his actions had drastic consequences. And so why? And so why? Because the axe head came loose. And so an axe has. Um, oh, yeah, I've said that. That's cool. But with. Um, and so the question is for us now. If you're taking notes, right, write this down. What have you let slip? So again, what have you let slip? What have you let slip? And so I'm just going to talk about a few few examples in life of things that we can let slip and what that means. And so church, I think just like an axe, just like a vacuum, church is a powerful blessing. Um, and But the question is, have we let church slip? What does that mean? And so I don't believe church should be religious in that we, ca- we come because we have to. I believe church should be fun. Church should be enjoyable. Church should be a want to that we want to come. But then mark my words, par- and this is mainly parents, and I'm not having to go at anyone, but if you let the priority of church slip, there will be serious consequences. Your child's faith and connection and relationship with God will die. Because when things fly, people die. And so if you take a note, write that down. When things fly, people die. So, uh, and so children will often do what you do, not do what you say. We can say, oh, you should go to church, but they will copy what you're doing, not what you're saying. Another one is that you, you hear a lot of time, what the parents walk in, the children will run in. And that's positive and negative. And so we've got to go, you know what, as parents, and so for me, as when I become a parent, if that ever happens one day, I'm going to make church a priority because when things fly, when that slips in my life, their, their future with God will die. Another example, we're going to go there this morning, sex. Um, it's a beautiful gift from God. God created sex, God designed it, and, but then when it comes loose and abused, it has serious consequences. So STDs, we've heard of them. And so um, if humanity committed to God's design of sex within holy marriage and until death do us part, STDs would be gone. It wouldn't even be an issue in our society. And so no sleeping around equals no transmitting, right? And so, and I'll, I'll pose this question. What's real freedom? Sleeping around, getting STDs? I'll skip. Or, or, or is real freedom going, you know what? No, I'm going to save myself. I'm going to be pure for marriage and be physically well and able. And so, and, and a Bible verse for that. Oh, again, and then another thing for this as well is, I'm pro-life, and when things fly, people die. And so I don't want to have, yeah, but we'll leave it there. Proverbs 5, it talks about avoiding immoral women. And so it's more related to men, so if you're a woman, relate this to a guy. Um, For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey. Her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as poison and as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. And so as a church, we've got to be mature and be able to talk about this stuff and go, you know what, no, we're going to be people that we're not going to let our sexual lives be slipped because we don't want things to have the serious consequences that can be negative. Cool? That's why God has, these, God has the Bible and these principles. They're not laws that go bring bondage. You go, oh, how bad life is. No, it actually brings us more freedom and, and less pain if we, we live for it. Another one, Proverbs 25:18a says this: "Telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe." Um, yeah, I don't want to be hit by an axe, and I don't want to be telling lies about people because it can be harmful. We see that. Proverbs 12:18: "Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing." When I read that, I think of Shrek, and I think of Donkey, where he goes, um, "That gut deep, Shrek, real deep." And it's so true. Our words. Have, have power. Our words can be positive. Our words can bring life. And equally, our words can be, be harmful and mean. And like, because 
Yeah, so like when I'm playing footy, if I have a teammate saying to me, oh, good job, Josh, you kicked that goal, or whatever, or if I have someone saying, man, you suck, you are horrible, the, the difference of those words will change the way you think about things. One damages you and one brings life to you. And so um, I don't know if any of you have heard of the guy. His name is Pastor Russell Evans. Um, there's a church. We do a lot of their songs from Planet Shakers. And he has this quote that I quite often hear him say, or their church will refer to, is that our words create our worlds. And so we see in the Bible, God created the world with language. He said, let there be, boom, it was here. Let there be light. And it was like, let there be animals, this, that, and rather. And because our words create our worlds. And so what are your, what are your words creating? That's a question for us. And, um, uh, and so prophecy is a big thing. What is our confession? And so, uh, uh, and then Proverbs 8.21 says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so we've got to ask ourselves, what are we speaking? Because when things, when things fly, people die. When we have, and so for, let's not even talk about other people, let's talk about ourselves. What am I speaking on Josh's life? Because when, when I just let negativity fly, I'm killing things in my life. I hate my job. I hate whatever it could be. Well, I'm, I'm speaking that my, life, my job sucks, my job's horrible, and I'm going to die with that because, man, this is horrible. But if I'm going, you know what, no, jobs, my job's good, I'm blessed to work, I'm blessed to be paid, I can drive a car. And so we've got to say, what? Because our words have power. And so I'm going to go here as well. Uh, as in, not this direction, but I'm going to go to what I'm going to say. So we've heard this before. I'm going to have a, a sexy, God-fearing wife and who, who's going to bless me a lot. But what am I speaking? Am I going to speak that? I'm going to, or am I speaking, I, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to, but no, I'm going to, say, I'm going to speak positive. I'm going to have words that create my world. And I'm going to believe and live that out. Okay. So I was there, when things fly, people die. It's pretty serious. Uh, uh, but now we're going to go back to Deuteronomy um, uh, 19 and 6. I'm going to read 6 to 7 and talk about a bit about these refuge cities and what that looks like. Is there a picture of that? Hmm. That is really disappointing. No, there it is. Yeah, it is there. So we see there, I'll read, I'm just going to read, yeah, six to, uh, verses 6 to 7, and that will give us clarity to that. So, if the distance to the nearest city of refuge is too far, an enraged avenger might be able to chase down and kill the person who caused the death. Then the slayer would die unfairly, since he had never shown hostility towards the people who died. That is why I'm commanding you to set aside three cities of refuge. Now, I'm just going to read a few. You don't have to find these in your Bibles. But I'm just going to read a few other um, verses from Numbers and Joshua, because they just all add... So there's some different parts of the Bible. So six, so in Numbers 35, 6, it says, Six of the towns you give to the Levites will be cities of refuge, where a person who accidentally killed someone can flee for safety. So just remember that, the Levites, they're Levite cities. The next one is Numbers 35, 13 to 15. Designate six cities of refuge for yourselves. Three on the east side of the Jordan River. So we see the east side's where it says the Mediterranean Sea, and the west side's the other side, obviously. Um, and then, uh, so, three on the east side of the Jordan River and three on the west side in the land of Canaan. These cities are for the protection of the Israelites, foreigners living among you, and travelling merchants. Anyone who accidentally kills someone can flee there for safety. Joshua, then Joshua 27 to 9 says this, The following cities were designated as cities of refuge. Kadesh of Galilee in the hill country of Naphtali, Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and 
some other place in Hebron, in the hill country of Judah, on the east side of the Jordan River, across from Jericho. The following cities were designated to Beza in the wilderness plain of the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth in Gilead, in the territory of Gad, Golan in Bashem, in the land of the tribe of Manasseh. These cities were set apart for all the Israelites as well as the foreigners living among them. Anyone who accidentally killed another person could take refuge in one of these cities. In this way, they could escape being killed in revenge prior to standing trial before the local assembly. So, there's a lot of reading, but we see here there's those cities there. And so, you'll see a, um, like a, a little dot. That's the city itself. And then the round thing, that's not the city. That stands for, you can't, it's so blurry, but you can see it says 0, 20, then 40. And so that circle represents like 20 kilometers. So for back in the day when you're walking around, that's about a day's journey. And, but we'll get to that. So refuge cities, I believe, we equal freedom cities. And so it's a place that people run to to be set free. And so we've got two points. So if you're taking notes, we'll talk about the first point. Refuge cities, it said, are Levite cities. And so we don't, I'm not going to go into all the what about a Levite, who they, what they do. Go to Bible college, you'll learn about that then. But basically, a Levite in the Old Testament are a representation of today's church because um, the Levites alone served God in a thing called a tabernacle. And so a tabernacle is like this tent where the Israelites would go and work, they would sacrifice cows and stuff to do their worship. And so things have changed a lot since then, but that the best thing representation for the tabernacle would be the church today. And so the Levites were the only ones that were able to serve God in that tabernacle and do that kind of stuff. Uh, And so uh, church is meant to be a refuge city. Church is meant to be a freedom city. And so every time we see refuge cities um, in the Bible, it's a picture of what the church should look like. And so Ephesians 4.2 says this. We would have heard this if if we're regulars here at One Heart. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Just as pe- and so just as people escape their problems in life by entering a refuge city, people should be able to run and be set free in church. We agree with that? People should be able to come and go, you know what? I'm not going to get judged. I'm not going to ha- have people be shaming me because this is a place where they can get free from those things that cause it. And so Pastor David Helliard would always, would always have these sort of three things when he'd come and speak. He was our ACC state president. And he'd go, talk about things, belong, believe, become. And so... We believe that people are going to belong in church, then they'll believe in God, then they'll become all that God's created them to be. And so, but we, and so we've got to apply that. You know what? Yes, we've got to be a refuge city. We're not going to judge people when they come in and kill them because we've all made mistakes. We've all made accidents. We're going to be a place where they can belong. And then that, from that, they believe and then they become. And so, yeah. And then another, just another verse here, Matthew five fourteen. You are a light of the world, like a city, say city, on a hilltop cannot be hidden. Then the message translation, it says it like this. God is not secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. And so we might go, well, you might say to me, Josh, this is talking about people that have, like, have a death sentence here. I don't have people chasing me to kill me. Very true. John 10.10 10 says this, though. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my, who's Jesus, saying this, purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Then Romans 3.24 says this as well. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. And so Satan, the devil, is a thief, depending on what you want to call him. And he comes to kill and destroy us. He wants us dead. And, uh, 
And so, we, so there's sin in our life, and he wants to go, you know what, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to destroy you, I'm going to get rid of you right now before you, you enter a place of freedom. But then Jesus came to give us a rich and satisfying life. to so go, you know what, yes, you've sinned, but I, I can free you from that. I can save you from that, that hurt, that pain, that grief it gives you. And so um, coming to church is a place where we go, we're not going to let the devil have his way and rip us off and go, you know what, no, you're a sinful person. You're, you're horrible. You're never going to change. We're gonna, you know what, we're going to run to a refuge city. We're going to go to church where we can have freedom because Jesus has paid the penalty for our sins. And so physically we may not have people trying to kill us, but spiritually... There is, there is a spiritual force out there that are trying to remove us. And Pastor Rob spoke about spiritual freedom last week, and he said, the devil doesn't want to make us bad. He, all he wants to do is stop us from worshipping God. And so, like, yeah, the devil isn't interested in making us some evil, ooh, ghost, some, somebody. He just wants us to get us unconnected from God, because when we're unconnected from God, when we don't go into church, we, we will never be free from the things that stop us. And so... Jesus wants us to be free and we've got to live free. And so that's what, yeah, that's what Pastor Rob spoke about. And Psalm 17, 7 says this, Show me your unfailing love in wonderful ways, talking to God. By your mighty power, you rescue those who seek revenge from their enemies. And so I, th- I think that's so awesome. So God shows us his unfailing love in wonderful ways by dying on the cross for us to get rid of our sin and by, the mighty, and by his mighty power, he rescued us who seek refuge, who seek freedom from the enemies, from the spiritual powers that want to get, get rid of us. And so um, uh, now we're going to my second point. And so if the music team could come back, that would be awesome. And so in Matthew, it said, on a hill. We, we'd remember that. It said, shine like, a, shine like a, on a hill. And so to be on a hill equals elevation. So I'm on a stage and I'm elevated. It's just a basic thing. There's, there's, you can see me better. Um, and if we are to be a refuge city, a church of freedom, we need to elevate ourselves. And so there's, I mean, how do we elevate us? We're stilts? No, I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about like our reputation. And so when we have a reputation, and preferably a good one, people know us, people see us. Just like you can't miss a city on a hill, you, won't be, you can't miss a church that has a reputation. They go, you know what? That place has freedom. That place I know I can go and I'm not going to be judged. Uh, so uh, if we have no reputation, we aren't known and we aren't seen. Once the church is elevated with a reputation, we will have influence. And so eleva- elevation means church, the church needs to be seen, um, which leads to the second point. In the Message Bible, it said public. And, uh, and so I believe the church has to be accessible. And uh, if we just go back to that next picture, that will help us out with this next point. So our refuge cities were meant to be reachable. And church needs to be reachable. It honestly does. And so as I talk about those circles represented like a day's journey. And so from anywhere of Israel's country, they could, it was a maximum two-day journey to be in safety. And so how do we connect to our community? What in areas do we connect to the people around us? And so um, the nation of Israel had multiple refuge cities. And, these, and so these cities were accessible for everyone and anyone that would seek freedom. And just like the refuge cities are reachable, the church needs to be accessible and relevant. And so that's a big thing, relevant. We're to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love their community. And so, um, church, do we have multiple relevant places that people can find freedom? We, and so, uh, we need, and they need to be positioned and elevated. And we, gotta be, we have to be positioned and elevated in many places to reach all people. Um, and so, I'll refer to these cities then as departments. One Heart Ellison is a refuge city. 
for people in Ellison to be able to connect to God. One Youth is a relevant place for youth to be able to go, you know what, I'm going to seek freedom from these, the spiritual darkness in my life there. One Heart Women is a, another city where it reaches women that goes, we're targeting towards that group. And so we've got car, kids, music, all these things. The Bargain Centre is a refuge city where people go, you know what, I know if, I, know if I go there, I'm going to be talking to you politely. I know if I'm going to go there, I'm not going to be, um, uh, be spoken rudely towards. And so just if you just had, say, Shechem there on the left side, middle one, if you only had that refuge city, all the people on the west side of the river would be stuffed. They wouldn't be able to seek freedom. And, but we've got to go, as a church, go, you know what? We're going to have multiple cities of refuge. We're going to have multiple areas in our church life where we cater for everyone. That we, and so we go, as a church, we're going to have to start developing and growing more areas, just like we're doing Alpha Course. We're, we're going, it's a refuge city. There's a place of freedom. So new people come, you know what? I'm going to learn about this God stuff. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to seek, I want to get the, as free as I can in life. And so then in Deuteronomy 9, 19 again, 8 to 10 says this, And the Lord your God in love, and if the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he swore to your ancestors and gives you all the land he promised them, you must designate three additional cities of refuge. He will give you this land if you are careful to obey the commandments I, give, I have given you. If you always love the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Now, so that's interesting. So if Israel was to grow and develop more, they would have more refuge cities. So let's have a look at those cities, yeah? Sorry, I can't find them. Hmm. Reason why I can't find them is because it never happened. So Israel was promised to have all the land of Canaan. They were promised to be able to grow, develop, expand more, but it never happened because they, well, first of all, they didn't follow God properly. But second of all, they never stepped out into it. And so our vision as a church is to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love their community. And so if we're to be large and relevant, we've got to be expanding. We've got to be growing. And so it said there they have to then add a, an additional three cities. And so for us, what a, if we, so we, we, I'll look at the picture here. So this is what they had, and they were meant to expand out to this land and the country out this way. And so for us, if we're going to be expanding more areas, what are the, the more refuge cities we're going to have to create? What are the other areas that we have to develop into and grow so that more people can reach freedom, that more people can reach who Jesus is, what he wants to do in their lives? And so other things I can think of top of my head, connect groups. We're going to have connect groups one day where more people can be reached because we're going to be more specific into people's lives. Another one is um, like, I don't know how to say it politely, um, young at heart ministry because we don't have that. I, and so... I believe we can see um, there's just so many areas we go, you know what, as a church, we've got to grow, we've got to develop. And as we expand and be and grow, we've got to expand and grow what we do so everyone can be reached. And so uh, uh, now I'm going to, I want to do a little bit of a prophecy over our church from the Bible, and I'm going to speak life into it. So Psalms 107, 1-7 talks about this. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful in love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. For he has gathered the exiles, the exiles from many lands, from the east and the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty, they nearly died. Lord help, they cried out in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to a city where they could live. And so we see there, it's so the north and south, east and west. Um, people were wandering. So there's, in our society, people are wandering in land life. They just what? They go to work, play PlayStation, play the Xbox. Um, play footy, play netball, and then that's all, that's all their life. Sleep, eat, the next day. Sleep, eat, 
do the same thing. But I believe there's a purpose for everyone's life. And, and from the north, from the south, from the east, to the west, everywhere in our society, any location, we've got to be a place where we can reach them, where we're going to bring freedom to them, where they can, rather than just die and be in a place where we don't want to be, they can die and go, you know what, I'm going to be in heaven partying. I'm going to be in a place of freedom, a place of liberty, and a place of refuge. And so um, I'm, if the lights can get dimmed down now, I'm going to pray. But in 2 Corinthians 13, uh, 3, 17, sorry, it says this, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so I, I believe that the Holy Spirit is with us right now. He's talking to individuals of our, in our hearts. And so you might go in this place, you might, I don't know what's going on today. I feel lighter. I feel happier. That's the Holy Spirit in, around you, on you. And Jesus wants to make, his, make a home in your heart. But uh, the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. And so you may be like that, that lumberjack guy in the Bible, the accidental death bloke that's going down the... Um, just you're going down in life, chopping trees, doing things that are good intentions. Next minute, something slips. Oops, oh no, accidental moment. And you, and be, and go, God, and you might just be like in a moment where I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know how to get away from this thing that has, that is just so bad. Because I know I've made mistakes. I'm like, man, how am I going to get myself out of this one? I don't know what to do. We might be in life, God, we're just sick of the oopses. We're sick of the oh no's. And I believe God can bring freedom for us today with that. I believe he can bring um, healing for the damage, restoration to the, those things. And so right now, I'm just going to pray for those things. And uh, yeah, so God, we just thank you that you're with us right now. That as we, as we run to church, as we, we, we come to this place, that you want to bring us freedom. That you're going to rest, restore the, the oops, the accidents that we do. And God, we just, just pray that as our intentions don't always line up with our actions, God, we just pray that you, you, you see our heart, you see our motives, and we just want your freedom. And God, we just thank you that the things that just seem so impossible, just as when someone dies, it's nearly impossible to resurrect them, God. There's things in our lives that have just seemed dead, things that just don't make sense. And God, we just thank you that you're going to be bringing back to life, that you're going to be bringing us. And, and God, we just pray that we let church be our, pro, our priority, that we run to church, that we that this is a place where we, we go, you know, we're not just going to be wandering around anymore. We're coming to you again. And in this moment, Jesus, we just want to uh, have you uh, fill us again with freedom. Help us not have the regret, God, of the, uh, of the pain that we've caused. And so if we can just go to that Leave Me Standard song again, and we'll just sing that, just the chorus and the bridge, whatever. And let and so I encourage you to stand. If that's you today, you go, you know what? Oh, I just want to, I need to connect to God. I need to connect, connect to Jesus. I need him to be able to do something fresh in my life. I want to be able to run to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need, I need uh, uh, restoration. I need you. This is, a, this is a refuge city. This is a place where we get freedom. And so whatever's on your, whatever burden you're carrying, God wants to lift that off you today. And so we're going to sing that song and let's let that happen.